0: Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Bringing your baby home is a moment full of emotion. It's also a time that can feel bewildering. You can be physically exhausted, having gone through labor, tired because you haven't slept much, and there you are. If you have a partner in this baby thing, two adult humans with one small vulnerable human. Chances are the most you've planned are a package of newborn baby nappies and a bassinet, perhaps. But there are lots of things you can do to make your transition to parenthood a smoother experience. Kirsty Levin is a psychologist with the Parents' Village and a mum of two. Hi, Kirsty. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. So if you were there at that very moment when the new parents have opened the door, they've put the baby in the carrier down on the ground, they're just looking at them, what would you say to them in that moment?
1: First up, I'd probably say take a moment and soak it all in. Take a moment to breathe and sort of, um, revere in the surreal moment that they're really engaging in that at that time, because totally it's, it's the only time they'll ever have that experience of taking their firstborn baby home with them and acknowledging it and talking about how weird and wacky they feel and how out of sorts, but how beautiful and how wondrous it all is, is a gorgeous thing to actually acknowledge rather than just walking through the door and just plonking things down and getting straight into action, if you like. Um, I'd also say cut yourself a whole lot of slack and know that you will not have 99.9% of the answers in the first few weeks. It will all be trial and error and that's okay. It's okay to make tons of mistakes because you'll be learning at light speed and you'll be picking up skills you never thought you would before um, and you will be Really, Not only picking up knowledge, but skills and abilities that are brand new to you. So be kind and compassionate to yourself and to your partner who may not do things the same way that you instinctively would like to do things. I would also say that's the time to think about how you're going to rally the most support possible to enable you to flourish and recuperate and um, replenish your body from such a transformative experience so when we talk about rallying support we're talking about who are you going to bring in to help you with feeding washing cleaning um, laundry and what specialists have you got on hand waiting on the sidelines for you like a pediatrician a great GP a great lactation consultant a physiotherapist for example that are all part of your core team to help you recuperate and recover
0: from birth. It's so interesting you say that because if I put myself back into that place six and a half years ago when I brought my baby home, my assumption was this was all on me. I didn't think about it being uh, like the way you described it there is like having you're a rally car driver and you've got your team there that you're going to pull in and they're going to fix your (laughs) Like I was like, oh no, this is all on me. I've got to do it all. What are the benefits? I mean, it sounds like an obvious question, but what are the benefits of actually asking for that support? What difference can it make in those first weeks and months? Well, for the mother it
1: absolutely alleviates the burden and the weight that is on them to be everything to everyone at all points in time. And after giving birth, your body is battered, your mind is exhausted. You need someone to take the reins in other parts of your life to be able to devote all of your attention and your energy to your newborn who is helpless and needs you to bond with them and feed them and wake up for them and all of those things that are all-consuming. So all of the everyday activities that you were so used to being in control of and autonomous with beforehand need some support behind them to continue on as usual or to be set aside and delayed, postponed, whatever that might be. Um, because you do have to hone in your energies on a completely new job, in a completely new environment, with a completely new routine that you've never engaged in before. And so I do think... There's this pressure and also this myth that we should be able to do it by ourselves, where in reality we should treat it like any other teamwork oriented job that we've taken on in the past in our careers, for example, where we need a, a group of people that have different roles and responsibilities and different specialties that can contribute to the success of the overall, you know problem and solution and outcome and the baby needs to be raised by a village or a tribe and these are all the people that you, we would suggest you bring into your tribe to give you all of that core level of support, to make you feel confident, to make you feel like um, you've got someone to vent to, to make you feel like your body can be nourished so that you don't have to do the cooking and cleaning while you're sitting there feeding your baby and getting up for them 24-7. All of those little things have a huge impact Um and they all help you feel like you're um, truly supported through that experience.
0: Now, some people might find um, Australia is a country with lots of migrants, so you can find that you've moved to a city and you don't have any family support. Um, That kind of team might sound impossible to bring in. Do you have any suggestions on how people can bring that sort of support in when they can't rely on family?
1: Absolutely. So, look, I think for those people who are financially secure, I always suggest if they can invest their money into a a bank account, a, a savings account that is set aside specifically for having a baby and recuperating and supporting themselves after having a baby, in the same way that they would set aside money for planning a wedding, then that is the best possible thing oh that they God, could do for themselves. That like,
0: why did I spend money on a
1: wedding? I should have done that or saved that money. Hands down, yes. So many people say that because weddings are one day, one big party, you blow out all the cash and it's all gone forever. Absolutely. Whereas the money you might invest in supporting yourself in raising a child and bonding with your baby and giving them the best possible outcomes and the best possible support is invaluable and it's going to last for months and months and months. Um, so for those people who do have the money and are able, to set it aside that's the absolute best way to approach it because then they can engage for paid support um, that comes direct to them so like cleaners exactly um, meal delivery services lactation consultants sleep and settling consultants counsellors or psychologists you name it throw money at it those things will be of you know invaluable support to you um for those people who are lacking in finances and struggling struggling a little bit there are absolutely loads of community based services that they can engage in so of course social media is free and open Um, to everyone. So joining a sort of community group very early on, whether it's a local mother's group or a local play group, or engaging in some of those free-based community counselling services, there are some group-based counselling services on offer that people can seek out. Um, And also there are a lot of sort of pay-it-forward type community groups that are typically Uh, with mothers in that group and those mothers help to support each other where they can. So someone might say, look, I've got a free day on Monday to come over to someone's house to help babysit your children while you have an hour to yourself and then you pay it forward to the next person in that group. So there's a lot of those different opportunities that are springing up left, right and centre and it's just a matter of taking a little bit of time um, to find the right tribe that
0: meets your needs. And also know, I think the biggest thing is knowing that it is... It's important to do it. It's not you being lazy. It's not, I mean, I'm just going through my own brain and how I Mm. thought about things. But it makes sense. It's not you being precious. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 It's getting the help that you need. Absolutely. And everybody deserves. We'll be back just after this with more from Kirsty Levin from the Parents Village. You've just been speaking about the tribe that we create and bring in from friendship groups or even paid professionals that can help us there. But if you're fortunate enough to do this with a partner, um, often what happens, or I've seen what's happens, what happens is one of the people will stay home, possibly the the one that bore the child, and the other will go back to work. And then... Slowly, irrevocably, you see that the person who's stayed at home takes on the burden of the childcare, which in many ways makes sense. It's practical. But I see a few things happen with that. I see um, the person who's at home becoming overwhelmed, isolated, um, resentful, which seems to be the most damaging thing, um, and just just over, overwhelmed with this care for this young child, I know that in your programs, pre-birth, you talk to couples about how they might set up for the future with a child. If people haven't had those discussions and they've come home with their baby, you know, they've got that beautiful moment where they sleep all the time and you're in those first six weeks thinking, what's the big deal? (laughs) Um, When you can actually have those conversations and the baby's there, what should couples be talking about?
1: Mm. So... I really believe a lot of that resentment, like you said, comes from mismatched expectations and a lot of assumption because they haven't spoken out loud about their needs, their fears, their expectations, their priorities that feed their soul and make the household run smoothly. So those are the conversations that need to be had as soon as they possibly can. It doesn't matter so much if it happened before versus immediately after the baby comes home, but it has to happen often so that it can be Rediscussed as the goalposts move and as the baby grows, because you have to renegotiate your expectations and your plans at, at certain checkpoints, if you like. So, the things that I think are really important to discuss are things like your lifestyle and logistical elements. How did you live your life before your baby arrived? What were the things that really fed your soul, like I said, and made you feel happy every day that looked after yourself? For example, if you're an exercise buff, do you have to build that into your schedule somehow to make you feel good in the morning or the evening? If you're someone that absolutely needs social connection um, to help you feel content and and, um, connected to the community, then how can you build that into your lifestyle and your, your daily or weekly routine? If you're someone that craves continuous learning and study and education, and you had that in your career before you left for parental leave, how can you build that into your lifestyle and routine? So the idea of sort of mapping out with each other, what are your core needs and priorities that you know help you thrive and help you to be happy and feel connected to the world? How can you work together to build elements of those into your lifestyle and your daily weekly monthly routine moving forward. So you have to have a bit of give and take there and a bit of negotiation. Then I guess when you think about the mundane aspects of the lifestyle, the mental load that everyone is always talking about, how can you think in a more structured manner about the visible tasks and the invisible tasks that now exist after you've had a baby. So I firstly would advise people to write down all of the things that crop up in a day that are visible and invisible. So the obvious things you see on a kitchen counter is a dirty nappy or a dirty bottle or whatever it is that needs to be washed. The invisible stuff is noting that something's Um, diminishing in the cupboard and it needs to be replenished, that something has to be ordered, that a bill has to be paid, whatever the the behind-the-scenes things are. So the moment you write that in a list and make all of those things explicit, you then have an opportunity to discuss what's important, what's urgent, what can be delegated to someone else maybe, what can be delayed um, and set up as a monthly requirement, or what can be dismissed and discarded altogether. What are we going to let go of, right? And then you pick and choose who's going to be in charge of what. And I really encourage couples to be very honest with each other as far as accountability. So when you say, I'm going to be in charge of laundry and cooking, let's say, each week, that's my gig. You take full responsibility for that. If you fail in that task, then it's your problem, but you don't burden your partner with that necessarily, unless you renegotiate it at some stage down the line. So it's all about sort of creating a psychological contract between each other to determine what's important to them, what are they going to carry out together, what are they going to be responsible for individually, and then to make a pact to come back together at the end of each month to see how it's tracking and renegotiate that. So that's just all the lifestyle elements. In terms of the relationship side of things, that's a whole other kettle (laughs) of fish. And they absolutely need to be I think, brutally honest with each other about their fears, their expectations, their concerns about how they were parented and how they'd like to parent and discipline their child and raise their child in the future. And again, I think that has to be a really fluid, open conversation that is had on a regular basis. With each developmental milestone, different things will crop up, different questions, different concerns and things that they've observed with their child. And I think There's an opportunity to almost have a state of the union type conversation between two parents um, at the end of each week. You know, what have you enjoyed about this week with the baby together? Um, What are some things that are confusing you? What are really, really stressing you out? How can we support each other better to make sure that that doesn't happen again next week or that we bring some help in to give us that extra support?
0: With the baby itself, because all of those things which... When you mention it and talk about it like that, they are enormous. Mm. Life, just life admin and dealing, keeping a house running is enormous. And then you have the baby itself. You mentioned talking about, um, you know, checking in with each other and talking about what your experiences have been as a parent that week. With those initial discussions, how would you talk about the way you're both going to care for that child? So for example, in my relationship, we assumed with the first baby, I don't even remember saying it to my partner or him saying it to me. I just got up with the baby. I mean, I think on the first night, hilariously, he got up with me and then I just looked at him and went, that's ridiculous. You don't have Breast milk, just go back to bed, right? (laughs) Um, But then it became a thing that I was always getting up to her. And, of course, you hear the stories where couples lie in bed at night and they elbow each other. It's your turn. It's your turn. How do you negotiate that, particularly when one of you is working and might be needing to be cognitively switched on in the morning and the other one of you is emotionally and physically (laughs) completely done by the end of the day before the night even starts Mm, it is such a challenge I think part of understanding each other's
1: nuances and things that energize you or deplete you and your partner is um, once you understand those things you can better allocate a time of day or a type of task to suit that person's strengths potentially. So for example, um, when my husband and I were kind of sharing the load and he was in a pretty um, stressful job that took up all of his attention and all of his energy and he left early and he came home late, for example, the thing that I knew energized him at the end of the day was bathing the baby. And that was a beautiful opportunity to bond and connect. And it did give me you know, 40 minutes time to myself to either just be in the kitchen and potter around and make food, which was absolutely fine because it was time out, um, or to just sit on the couch and stare into space. So for him, (laughs) that was an energizer. For me, I guess at that point in the, ta- in the day, it was just another task that I had to complete that was part of motherhood, right? The same thing sort of went in the evenings. If I knew what his schedule was like, and in our house, if it's not in the diary, it doesn't exist. That's our motto. So if I knew that he had a series of meetings the next day and he had to be on his absolute A game, I knew that I, I wouldn't wake him up for certain Sleep and settling, you know, needs in the night, and I wouldn't give him the nudge in the night to to do his turn necessarily every time because I knew he he needed a night off, for example. But on those days when I knew he had a pretty light on day, or he could, you know, take a lunch break or whatever that might have been to make it an easier um, day for him, I knew that I could get him to step it up a little bit and he could come home either a little bit earlier or leave a little bit later, and it was all part of the negotiation. So we constantly had to look at the calendar, check out what we had on, what we didn't have on, ask each other, how are you feeling, babe? Like, And if I was saying to him, I'm really, really drained. I really need a moment's peace. We'd also build that into the weekend to say this weekend, it's my turn to sleep in. You've got bub in the morning, go for a walk, get out of the house, leave me in peace. And then when you come back, I'll be much more replenished and ready to go.
0: So it was just constant negotiation back and forth. Because I know um, that at the parents' village, you're very keen on not making that assumption or, or telling couples not to assume because you're the one that's staying at home that you have to do all the night duty, that there are ways of making it work so that you're not the one getting up all the time. Yeah, that's right.
1: Absolutely. Um, For some couples who like um, to introduce mixed feeding, so a bit of bottle feeding and a bit of breastfeeding that can work quite well with allocating the one bottle feed a night, for example, to the partner. So that's their bonding time with the baby, which allows the mother then to sleep for an extended period. And you could do that with either formula or expressed breast milk of course um for others who are expressly breastfeeding there's still an opportunity for the dads to get up in the night once the mother has fed the baby to then help to settle the baby back to sleep so mum has the job of doing the feeding for the 10 to 10 minutes to 40 minute period whatever that might be and then she goes straight to bed knowing that the bub is in great hands with the dad or the partner to be able to settle them back to sleep so it really depends um you know, how you feel about the feeding situation and the sleep and settling responsibilities. But there should absolutely be an opportunity to divide and conquer there so you don't all have the burden on one person's shoulders.
0: There's a phrase that every parent knows. It's called me time. And it is a constant struggle, particularly when your babies are small. I mean, it's always going to be a struggle with parents. But how important is that concept and what does it mean to you? Um, as a psychologist, sort of advising parents on their well-being?
1: I really believe it is so paramount to your feeling of... um being contained and autonomous and independent. I think that feeling of being touched out or tapped out by a newborn is really, really common. So when you've had a baby attached to you for most of the day, for all sorts of reasons, sleep and settling and jiggling and rocking and feeding and you name it, changing, they're always touching you. So that desire for separation can really build over that first um, few months. And I think, The best way to get me time is to separate yourself, get out of the house, go away from your baby for a period of time, whether it's to have a massage, go for a walk around the block sit and listen to some music while you look over a nice view, whatever it might be, read a book somewhere else, but to also get outside of the context of the home because a lot of people will say to us that they feel like over time the home almost feels like a prison, that the four walls are closing in on them because that's all they see most of the time. So I think a change of environment is just as important as the activity um, that you complete for a bit of
0: self-care and a bit of me time. So much in that, Kirsty. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: That was Kirsty Levin. She's a psychologist from the Parents Village. And for more information on this fabulous group, head to our website. It's babyology.com.au forward slash play love. Sleep. Parents, rightly, are obsessed with it. Next on Feed Play Love, we're talking to Tresillian educator Fran Chavas about what you can expect from your baby's sleep in the first year.
1: The research suggests to us that even if your baby was sleeping well, sometimes at six months there's a major glitch in their sleeping where they may well have a glitch where they are they start having disruptive sleep patterns anyway.
0: Fran also talks about the impact of melatonin in breast milk and why understanding a baby's development is crucial to understanding their sleep patterns. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.